0: In this episode, I talk about the recent bond rally and my projections so far for the 2021 stock market. I finish up with trading psychology suggestions to help you find your ideal style of equity investing. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and is not financial advice, even if during the podcast I say this is financial advice. The opinions expressed are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual security or investment product. If after you listen to the podcast you decide you would like to buy some stocks but don't have a broker, I have links with sign-up bonuses to Tasty Trade, Robinhood, Wealthfront, and Webull in the show notes. If all the talk of investing makes you hungry, you can use the code PATRICK30 at orgain.com to save 30% on your first order from their line of organic superfood, immunity and protein supplements. My current favorites are the immunity up nutrition powder and the nut and seed protein powder. Check the show notes for links to everything. The stock market is starting to get interesting. The sell-off last week really made things start to seem like they were worth trading. The news on Thursday blamed it all on rising treasury yields. The rates at which bonds are sold. The news acted like it was a surprise that they had risen. But that was just math. Because with the impending stimulus coming, the United States has to get money from somewhere. So they sell bonds. Other countries are doing the same thing. The idea that these rates are so high now at like 1.6% was silly too. In the 80s, rates were like 15%, which means you could actually make some money with bonds. But they've been an inefficient investment vehicle despite what mainstream money managers want to tell you for a very long time. Again, kind of simple math. If you look at the volatility of stocks, you would have to have something like 80% of your investments in bonds at their rates over the last 20 years for it to even make the slightest dent in preserving your profits in the event of a major stock market sell-off. It's not even worth it when you talk about the bear and bull cycles in the market historically which would leave you better off just having all of your money in stocks and waiting compared to what benefit you could get from having bonds. What really was happening was investors were continuing to take profits as as they've steadily done, preparing for when the the bubble eventually pops. The housing market is crazy, and it's evolving. I'm not even going to say it's oversold, But it's crazy. Prices are astronomical. Lumber prices, astronomical. The S&P 500, the Dow Jones, and the NASDAQ are truly inflated. They're being propped up by a number of very strong, huge companies, which are more expensive and more volatile than the average person can afford. Especially when we're talking about a retirement account. Like a 401k. And because of that. Money managers tend to dump those funds. Into ETFs and indexes. That house those big powerful stocks. They're cheaper. And they offer on paper less risk. But a lot of those companies haven't been so good for quite a while. And the reason they keep getting money injected is only due to companies like Tesla and Amazon and Walmart and Costco, Apple, Disney, that make up such a huge part of the money actually flowing through the market. While bond yield rates were not the problem we have an impending mortgage crisis. We have a whole lot of people out of work. More than they're admitting statistically. And our country's headed in a direction where people who historically worked within certain careers aren't going to have their jobs come back ever again. And we don't yet have the answers for those things. So when things started selling off last week, a lot of people, including myself, got a little nervous that this might be the ignition to a massive sell-off where more hysteria begins to take place. Would have been an interesting timing since about a year ago was when the pandemic hysteria occurred. Last fall, I was nervous and talking about holding off putting money into the markets before stimulus came through because I felt that it was necessary for part of the stimulus to involve addressing the mortgage and rental situation before an eviction crisis began and you started having people panicking on the streets. While they never really came up with a fix, there was an extension to a lot of the benefits already in place helping to avoid that. And things got safe again. And I think we are in a similar place right now as the Senate prepares to look at this next stimulus bill. We're heading off a cliff and that stimulus bill needs to be signed, sealed, passed, delivered in order to stop that trajectory off the cliff. I'm not talking about in terms of public welfare or anything like that. I'm just talking about in terms of propping up the market. If in the next month or so, a stimulus bill goes through, I think that the market will be good without another world disaster until sometime late in 2021 or 2022. I would be very careful until stimulus gets passed. To get long any more than you already are the market near the end of the year i would really start to consider if things keep going i'd really start to consider trimming profits off of your your classic investments like your index funds and your mainstream stocks probably a good idea to hold on to your crypto if you can afford it probably a good time to hold on to your innovation stocks And depending on your risk tolerance and your investing plan, time to hold on to your core total stock market or index holdings that you're willing to hold no matter what for decades. I would set a news alert and look for companies developing genetic tools, genome research, obviously vaccines and other important innovative pharmaceuticals, anti-aging companies and those involved in stem cell research i wouldn't get too excited about any electric vehicle companies outside of tesla i also would be careful depending on how long you want to hold stocks about investing too much more in tesla until a more significant sell-off occurs in the stock market As far as short-term plays, I would look at travel and retail. As things open back up, it feels like vaccines are being effective for whatever reason, whether or not they're actually helping people. Numbers seem to be going down, and states are eager to start reopening. And we should see some money flow into retail sectors as consumers, but also as investors, due to the anticipation of a recovery. But I would look at that as short term play. Travel more long term, but retail definitely short term, because I don't think retail's ever going to come back to the way it was. I think it's going to fade out. And if you're able to capture some profits this year, prepare for a bigger sell off and plan on making those short term. Pay really close attention to how you're investing in travel. Maybe look at some ETFs who can manage that themselves a little more closely and know which companies are really gonna have staying power. And expect tech innovation companies to continue to be the best bets long-term. You gotta really be careful with your pricing. Pay close attention to valuations. Companies like Tesla and Square and Shopify PayPal, Apple, Wix, the list goes on. They have a lot of growth ahead of them, but timing is going to be important. Some are currently overbought. Some might be a little underbought, but we've got to expect within the next three years, up to a 50% decline in the value of a lot of these stocks on the NASDAQ. Ray Dalio's Bridgewater is still holding a significant amount of gold. And I think there's more sense in creating a value store within your portfolio through gold than there is bonds. I think that ultimately crypto will be the true hedge against the dollar, but we don't yet know which crypto is going to emerge as the one that truly stabilizes its value proposition. If we go on a run over the next couple of months, start looking at using options to hedge yourself going into the summer. You can buy tiny puts on some of what you see as the overbought tech sector and keep holding your positions through the summer. If things are going well and then being able to collect a little bit of money on each one of those sell offs. Within the crypto space, there's always something new popping up. But pay close attention to NFTs. These tokens are really exciting. I have a feeling they're here to stay and are going to be creating an art collecting revolution or renaissance. I think it's going to bring art collecting to the common man. And a lot of the artwork available as NFTs is really stunning. It adds another element of fun to investing. I'm planning to continue trimming my index positions and concentrating in both wealth stores based in tech innovation and supply chain companies involved in building construction and infrastructure. It may not sound very fun and exciting, but what's fun and exciting to me is getting paid to speculate properly about value. The trades you seek out will reflect who you are. In order to be more than lucky, you've got to understand who you are, at least as a trader. And different types of trades require different compositions. Even the language of the trade becomes unique to the individual. When my dad talks about a long-term investment, he's talking about 20 or 30 years. When I'm talking about a long-term investment, I'm talking about two to three years, or when it would be considered long-term by tax standards. My dad's been able to make investments that are about as old as I am, also. So, part of that is just by default of relativity. For me, a short trade, especially within the day trading terminology, might be a couple of minutes. And a short-term investment or trade to him might be a couple of years. It's hard to say what the right thing to do is. If you need stocks to be your living, and hopefully you don't, then all long-term trades with a small amount of money just isn't going to feasibly pay the bills. If you have a steady stream of income coming in from outside of the stock market, well, that's one less reason to feel like you need to do low probability, high risk investments or trades that really require a lot of attention being paid. Versus higher probability hands off approaches. When you're looking for a stop, consider putting money in companies you believe in for long term trades and companies that the market is finding that it wants to trade for short term trades. Companies that are in the news and have relatively high volatility and or liquidity, especially when you're talking about options. When you're hell-bent on finding a trade in a company you believe in, a lot of times you can't be patient enough to wait for all of the signs to align up, you know, whatever your rules are. But I know a lot of people want like three to four indicators that are saying that something is a buy or a sell. And when you want a company to be what you trade, sometimes you'll make yourself see things that aren't really there. Whereas, if you're just taking a look at, for instance, the biggest movers of the day, and find contracts or dates or prices that a lot of people are trading, or a trend that's like having a classic textbook presentation, then there's a good probability that jumping in there for part of that presentation will play in your favor. When it comes to long-term trades, your evaluation has more time to play out. And visionaries are usually a couple of years ahead of the game when it comes to innovation and market reaction. Right? Like you saw, a lot of people get really excited about Tesla and now you see a lot of people really excited about Bitcoin years before they blow up. And the reasons that people are now behind those two innovations which still have their fair share of detractors, but the reason people are behind those innovations are the same reasons that people were a number of years ago. It just takes a while for the mainstream to catch up. But what that leads to in the case of short-term trading, especially when it involves options, is that there isn't a lot of liquidity in the markets and the prices that you're getting on your positions aren't very efficient and they cause you to need to be extra right or they hurt you a little more when you're wrong than is necessary. When you're looking at long-term trades It can be easier to get the gains that you want, just buying shares of stock and waiting and holding, which given the unlimited time component, helps with probability of growth over time. On a short term scale, silly news that doesn't really mean anything can hurt the trajectory of a stock. General shakeups in the market can deflate or inflate it. With short term trading, it's really helpful to remove unnecessary emotion so you can not only evaluate things objectively, but then you can depend on your gut. And the more um, objective information your gut gets, the better it can compute your situation. Avoiding the avoiding truly wanting a company to do well can help you objectively identify patterns and or what kind of reception the news cycle is giving an event that takes place. The guys that taught me how to trade, traded just the S&P 500 for the most part. And they taught me to get to know a stock really, really well. And what was great about the S&P 500 is it was just a bunch of companies, so it was just a number. And so all I did was understand price action over time and how news could affect market fluctuations. From there, if you're someone who likes to do short term trades, you can really decide kind of how you want to approach that. Do you want to find good news and good opportunities and just get long, or do you want to try to utilize different opportunities with different types of leverage, like getting short with puts? and go after whatever's hot. One's not better than the other, and it's easy to spread yourself thin when you're trying to go after every and any opportunity. But when you keep your list small, what can happen is that list can be with companies that don't really have that much good action a mistake a lot of people make is out of the money that they're going to invest, they take too much money and put it into the short term and don't put enough in the long term. So companies in that list that someone has sometimes can just be companies they like. Those companies are going through a stagnant period and they would have been better off not playing options and that sort of stuff and just owning the stock and having held it some people are really great at keeping their short-term list and always find relative stocks to play manage what's good for them whether it's five or ten or fifteen or twenty different companies keep it updated and do really well that way I have found i do best getting lucky in the short term and focusing on on more long-term positions instead of demanding a certain amount of money each day from short-term positions i try to just wait for opportunities like gimmies and jump in on those from there i try to really work on my worldview so i can Organize how different companies fit together within the global supply chain and order of things. I try to invest in and get into trades with companies that I understand and whose relationship to other industries I understand. I also think it helps a lot to follow what's popular in gaining that worldview and understanding and some engagement in what's popular really helps your understanding. If you've ever bet on sports, you know that watching a game, you've got money on makes it a lot more interesting. And with events like the Bitcoin run and the GameStop and AMC and silver, It's been fun to speculate. And having money in cryptocurrency has really helped me uh, feel invested in learning about it, which I think has sped my education. It's also increased my respect for crypto guys because I've realized how robust the, the space is and how special the technology is. The only way to find what the correct way of investing is for you is through your own self-study and self-reflection.